Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you today? Doing pretty good. What's up, man? Oh, actually, some stuff today. We yeah, we've got a lot to talk news about. pieces, so that's that's good. Uh, this time of year, you just never know. We can go a couple days with nothing, and then a few things happen. So we'll, we'll talk about some new stuff, and then we'll look at the 2017 offseason for John Robinson. Before we do that, remind you, we're at from UCMiracles.com. We're going to the Titans for SB Nation. So you can you find us there. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at JimMorrisMCM. Terry is at T Lambert RTT. Apparently changed his uh, Twitter handle over the weekend. So uh, at, at T Lambert RTT for Terry. And then lots you can of, get lots us. of basketball tweets. No, there, you go. there you go. <laughs> um, and you can, you can get us the, get the podcast or get your podcast. Just search out Locked On Titans. Also, if you want to play the podcast in your car or in your house, if you have a smart speaker. Um, you can just say play podcast Locked on Titans and you will get us there. We also have a voicemail line where you can leave a voicemail, 615-787-8762. You can call in there, leave us a voicemail about a minute long. We've got, I think, three, uh, so we'll do a show on Thursday. We can use a couple more, so by all means, if if you have any comments on what we've been talking about or any questions or whatever, just call that number again, 615-787-8762. Leave about a minute long message uh, and we'll get to it on the show on Thursday. All right, so something that was breaking yesterday, really, as we were just about done recording the podcast, the Browns signed Kareem Hunt. Uh, a little bit surprising, I think, that he got signed this early. A little bit surprised that it was the Browns that signed him because they seem to have a, a pretty good uh, core of young running backs. Uh, Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson, both guys that have had some success. Nick Chubb really came on at the end of the year last year. Um, but you got John Dorsey there who was with the Chiefs when they drafted Kareem Hunt, so some familiarity there. Now I guess the thing that they're that you know they'll be waiting on, we'll be waiting on to see is is how many games he gets suspended for the two thousand nineteen season. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I wasn't sure that he was gonna land anywhere. Uh I, I guess we, we probably should have known better because, you know, you you kind of forget about the Joe Mixon deal uh at, at Oklahoma. Uh, a similar situation, and nobody seems to talk about that now. Uh, you know, Tyreek Hill uh, had just just an awful situation. Uh, you can go read about that. Just Google it, uh, and, and nobody seems to talk about that either. So it, it's pretty clear if you're good enough, it, it really doesn't matter what you do at, at this point. You're going to find work. So makes sense landing uh, there with with Dorsey. Um, you know, you you kind of feel for Nick Chubb, who I, I think is a pretty good player. Um, was really going to take control of that backfield. Now it's pretty cloudy, but like you said, uh, there's going to be a suspension there. Um, just kind of interested to see the blowback uh, in the coming weeks. Um, you know, over social media, we've seen a ton of it already. So, kind of, kind of glad it's not the Titans. Not that we were expecting the Titans to make this move. Uh, just kind of glad it's something else. Yeah, absolutely. Not, not, not the headache that we have to deal with. But, you know, I mean, he's a good player, so I'm not extremely shocked that he got a job. Just kind of surprised that it, it happened this early. Um, another guy that's been in the news a lot lately, Antonio Brown, uh, right before we came on today, posted a video on Twitter saying goodbye to Pittsburgh, uh, which is interesting because he's still under contract with the Steelers. Um, you know, he's requested a trade. I don't think that they have... I, I don't know if they've granted him, you know, that yet, if, if he can start looking for that or, or whatever's going on there. But, I mean, things have obviously gone really poorly there. Would be surprised at this point to uh, to see him back with the Steelers in 2019. But the problem is he just signed a, a new contract a couple of years ago, 
And if the Steelers were to cut him, it would have like it's like twenty one million dollars in dead money against their cap. So they're not going to cut him. They're going to have to find a team to trade him to. But then the problem is they're not going to get what he's actually worth because of the headaches that he's caused already, knowing he wants out and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's kind of an interesting deal for a guy that has been, you know, arguably the best receiver in the game for the last couple of years. Yeah, a couple of things there. He, he's 31 years old, or, or will be, uh, you know, upcoming season. Going to make, what, $12 million, uh, which is a, a lot for a receiver. Um, comes with some, some baggage with how he's handled things uh, over the last few months. Uh, and definitely on the downside of his career. So you just start to wonder whether what are the Steelers going to get for him. You know, we had talked previously about a one and a two. It wouldn't surprise me at all um, if you saw much lighter than that. It just seems like these NFL trades get done these days for much less than, than what average fan would think. So um, interested to see the market there, interested to see who's in. I don't think it's going to be a, a, a team like you know a, a top contender. I think you'll see someone like the Raiders or, or someone like that. Uh, guys that tend to spend on free agency, uh, you know, the Redskins, someone like that. Uh, I just can't see a, a really smart front office getting in on that Antonio Brown sweepstakes. Yeah, it's just you know, it's just one of those tough deals where he's made it. It, it was it got so bad there. I mean, Mike Tomlin talked about all the stuff that happened and then all this that's been going on. So, yeah, it's really hurt his value. And, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, Kyler Murray, another thing that was announced yesterday, as committed to football. Um, you know, has told the A's that he's going he's gonna to put all his energy towards playing football. Um, I mean, I think there's no doubt he'll be a first-round pick. Uh, just how early he goes will be interesting. But he's a guy that, you know, Ian Rappaport tweeted out, uh, you know, that, that has a little bit of power uh, in, in this draft process, which you don't see from guys very often because he does have the baseball thing to fall back on. And so if there's a team that's going to pick him that he doesn't want to go to, he can just tell them, you know what, I'm out. I'm going to go play baseball. So I don't know if, it's, if that's something that has entered his mind. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that, that people around him have had conversations like that. Uh, but we haven't really seen anybody do that since Eli Manning. And then you think, like, all the way back to Bo Jackson, who sat out a year after the, after the Buccaneers drafted him. So um, just it's kind of a, an interesting situation for, for him here, having power that guys generally don't have coming into the draft. Yeah, I think it's already become the story of this draft, uh, with him announcing that, that football is where he wants to be. Uh, yeah, for the reasons that you already laid out, uh, you know, he's getting the short quarterback treatment. You know, the 5'11 quarterbacks always seem to get dinged. Uh, but I'm interested to see if that changes now. Uh, it just seems like the league has, has matured a little bit on that, uh, and they're going a different direction with, with the all-in on offense uh, deal that you're seeing today. So uh, playing a wide-open spread offense at Oklahoma, uh, that's a guy that probably – you would be told wouldn't translate to the league, you know, five years ago. But now uh, it's kind of what the NFL is looking for. So they'd probably like him to be a little taller. But um, I'm interested to see how high he can go. I, I, I think for sure he ends up in the top ten picks. Yeah. Um, I mean, somebody's going to fall in love with him, like you're saying, just with the way everything's going now. Uh, and so it'll be it'll just be interesting to see what happens there. Um, all right. A couple of news pieces that are, I guess, a little bit more relevant to the Titans. Uh, it was reported earlier today 
uh, somebody in NFL Network, that the Texans are expected to cut Demarius Thomas. Uh, you know, they traded for him last year at the deadline. He was the guy that we had talked about as a, as a potential trade target for the Titans, and then it was reported later on that the Titans did, I, I guess, kind of get involved in there with him, but they were a little bit late. The Texans got him. It uh, didn't go very well. I mean, he had two, two touchdowns against the Titans, but didn't didn't do much for the Texans even before the injury. Um, but now you got a guy that's 30, 31 years old, whatever he is, coming off of an Achilles. That's generally, you know, a full year, 12-month recovery, uh, having been hurt in week 16 last year. So no real surprise to see that move. And I, I don't know. I think it's going to be kind of hard for him to find a team before this season starts. Yeah, another guy that's uh, 31 years old, uh, just like Antonio Brown, still not, not near the threat that Brown is. Uh, I think he's going to sit on the market for a little while. I, I think you're going to see uh, him get a pretty cheap contract. Uh, it's still going to be a guy that, that fans are going to want to talk about with the Titans, though, uh, just being that the team doesn't have a veteran presence at receiver. You know, I, I, I don't I don't hate the idea uh, of bringing him in as, as a flyer if you do get that, that cheap contract. Uh, depends on how much demand there is for him. But I think the Titans could do a lot worse there. Uh, I, I think they're going to start a, a little bit higher, but it wouldn't surprise me uh, to see the Titans kind of kick the tires on him because they did so at the trade deadline. Yeah, and so, again, I think for him it's just going to be all about how that recovery goes. Uh, so I'm sure teams will be keeping tabs on that, see how that goes. And then the last thing as far as news goes, there's a report earlier today that the Raiders are working out something. They don't, they don't have anywhere to play in, in 2019. Um, they're, they're done in Oakland. They're not moving to Vegas until 2020. So there's been a lot of debate over where they're going to play their home games. 2019, there was talk of San Francisco, but the 49ers have apparently blocked that because of the location or you know, how close they are to them, whatever. Um, now there's this report today that there's some deal between uh, Tucson, Arizona, and uh, Birmingham, Alabama, and the Raiders are going to kind of split time between those two stadiums as their like, home games this year. Titans play the Raiders on the road this year, wherever that ends up being. So there's a possibility that you could have a Titans versus Raiders game in Birmingham. Now, that, that's an interesting thing because, one, I mean, I think if the Titans played the Raiders in Birmingham, the Raiders would sell more tickets to that game than if the Titans and the Raiders play in Tucson. However, I think you're going to have a lot more Titans fans in Birmingham than you would in Tucson. You've also got the whole Derrick Henry contingent, uh, Alabama fans that would be able to see him play in Birmingham, you know, just, just like an hour, hour and a half, whatever it is, from Tuscaloosa. So, um, you know, I, I, it'd be interesting to see if that's what ends up playing out. It'll be interesting to see what decision they make there because they're kind of going to, you're going to kind of have to decide between, you know, a, a home atmosphere versus, you know, how much money they're going to make on the game. Yeah, it kind of takes you back to the Titans, you know, in their little, uh, I guess, two-year deal where they, they played at the, the Liberty Bowl in Memphis. They they played at Commodore Stadium in, in Nashville. Uh, so it's just, just going to be a little odd if, they, if the Raiders do end up in Birmingham, you know, mainly because it's across the country. Um, I, I don't know why UNLV didn't get involved in that because UNLV has a, has a college stadium. Uh, just outside of, of Las Vegas, that would make the most sense to me. Obviously, there was some sort of hurdle there, but uh, I'm not sure why that deal didn't get done. Yeah, yeah, that that would make a whole lot more sense logistically. And like you said, I mean, you know, the Titans played a year in Memphis, a year at Vanderbilt. 
but they were playing all of their home games in the same place, right. even though it wasn't where they were headquartered. So this is just a weird deal. Uh, can't imagine the Raiders are going to have a ton of success, you know, trying to trying to juggle all that. But anyway, that'll be something to keep an eye on. And like you said, maybe maybe we'll have a Titans game, you know, three hours down the road from Nashville, uh, you know, so kind of an additional home game, so to speak. All right, that'll do it for the new stuff for today. Coming up, we will get into the 2017 offseason. John Robinson second as the general manager of the Titans. Okay, so if you missed our discussion yesterday, yesterday we started with 2016 offseason, which was obviously John Robinson's first as the GM of the Titans. And we went through the guys that they signed in free agency, the guys that they drafted, and kind of evaluated that. 2017, I mean, you can evaluate a free agency class, a free agent class pretty easily. Uh, the draft class is still a little bit more unknown because you're only into you know going into that third year with those guys, so it's not quite as easy to evaluate from that perspective. But you know this was an interesting free agency class for for John Robinson. Uh, Logan Ryan was you, you know kind of the big ticket item that they that they got in this class. Um, you know, and it was one of those deals where it was kind of like people thought they might have overpaid. For Logan Ryan, but the Titans desperately needed help in the secondary, um, and you know obviously they drafted Dory Jackson in the first round too. We'll get to that in a minute, but you know they, it was one of those deals where they basically had to sign somebody and draft somebody, and so that's what they were able to do. Um, Logan Ryan was 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 pretty good in his first year. Was really good last year before he got hurt. I think he's a guy again. We talked about guys that come in and change the culture, that type of stuff. He was a guy that, that came in and that did that. And it's just been really good for this team. By all accounts, a leader in the secondary, all that stuff. So I think, um, you know, I think you have to mark this one down as a really good signing. Yeah, I remember the panic uh, from that class. You know, it started on what, Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Titans didn't really do anything except for, you know, Matt Castle, Cyprian, and Klug. Not, not real big signings. Uh, Titans had a ton of cap room, and, and all these names are flying off the board. Uh, I, I forget who, who the, the big name corner was uh, that year, but Titans didn't get him. Uh, you know, and I think Logan Ryan signed on, on Friday night, like at ten o'clock. Uh, so it's kind of under the radar, but uh, yeah, Logan Ryan's been great for this team. It just just solved a need. Uh, you know, kicked Bryce McCain out of that that slot role uh, and, and put Logan Ryan in there, and he had been great. Um, so you know, that's really the only signing for, from this class that that really hit. Uh, the jury's still out on Jonathan Cyprian, who, um, you know, might have earned his contract in that, that one uh, Chiefs <laughs> playoff game, knocking Travis Kelsey out of the game. Uh, we'll see where, where they stand on him. But um, all, all they really came out of with this class was Logan Ryan, uh, and that's okay. Outside of that, it was just a bunch of Band-Aids. You know, Sylvester Williams, we talked about Al Woods uh, yesterday. Uh, Sylvester Williams was never a fit from day one. Uh, I remember saying that uh, I, I wrote it or something. Uh, Sylvester Williams was just not a nose tackle. You know, he, he's a one gap penetrator. That's what he's always been. He just did not work, and, and he rarely found the field. Yeah, AJ Bouye was the guy that was That's right. the, the guy. Yeah, that everybody was chasing in that, and he obviously ended up signing with the Jaguars. Um, yeah, and so then you you look at they they signed those special teams guys. Um, you know, and I think that got them pretty early on, and you, you know. How, Titans Twitter goes when, when free agency starts happening and Titans don't sign anybody, everybody starts panicking. Uh, you had Brendan Trawick, Darren Bates, and Eric Weems. Uh, they signed as special teamers, you know, whatever. Those guys were fine in, in their roles. Uh, you know, they gave Eric Weems touches on offense back in 2017. That was really fun. Um, but, yeah, Cyprian, like you said, I mean, just didn't 
I don't know. He was like he knocked Travis Kelsey out of that game, but I, I, I'd be interested. I would I would have been interested to see how Dean Pease was planning on using him. I just didn't. Dick LeBeau kind of used Bayer to separate interchangeably, and that never made a lot of sense to me. Um, but so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, this year, if, if Cyprian's back or if they try to get Vaccaro, I, I don't think they're going to get both of them. So that'll be something that's interesting to watch. And then you had Eric Decker, um, who signed later on in, in the in the spring and was a guy that I was actually pretty excited about. Um, you know, had, had had some good numbers. The Titans needed a veteran receiver. And then he just kind of came in and, and was terrible. I mean, I don't know if he didn't want to be here or what the deal was. He didn't like his role whatever. But, you know, he was a guy that they brought in to kind of mentor um, the, the the young receivers and by most accounts, he wasn't really interested in doing that. He dropped a bunch of passes. So that was a guy that I thought, you know, maybe, hey, we got this late signing. Um, you know, maybe it's a guy that can pay off. And it just didn't really, it just didn't really work. Yeah, you talk about stability with the receivers. That's that's all we want, really. Here, uh, we're not asking for much. And and Decker was as steady as they came. Uh, I remember his time with the Jets. You know, everybody thought he was he was going to a bad offense. He wasn't going to be involved. And all the guy did was just catch a touchdown a week. Uh, so he had that injury before he came here. I don't know if that played a role, uh, but he he clearly was the same guy. And then at the end, he he just couldn't catch anything. That was just bizarre. Uh, I can't really fault John Robinson for going after a guy like that. Uh, just a, a veteran guy that could work out of the slot. Uh, the thinking was right there. Uh, I, I just think, like you said, he, he just seemed uh, he, like he wasn't very focused. Uh, just seemed like his playing days were behind him, and he was just kind of riding it out for a paycheck. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's not one of those where, like, when it happened, you're like, this doesn't make any sense. I mean, it absolutely did. Like, you know, it was something that was low risk. And, you know, if it had the potential to really pay off, it just didn't work out that way. All right, coming up, we'll finish out with the 2017 draft class. Okay, so 2017 was the year where the Titans had two first-round picks, uh, having the first-round pick from the Rams from the trade from the year before. So Corey Davis, fifth overall, and took a Dory Jackson, 18th overall. You know, I think both of those guys have, have had their ups and downs. Um, I mean, I think we have to be pretty happy with what we've gotten from Adoree Jackson with that pick and all that stuff at this point. The Corey Davis evaluation, I think, is tougher just because you he, he missed a lot of time in that first year. The offense has been so up and down, so it's hard to really evaluate what you have in him. I think he's been really good in some games. There have been some games where they've really been able to, to lean on him. Um, I don't know that he's ever going to be, you know, top 10, top 5 receiver in the league. But I think he can be a really, really solid player for them. So, I mean, I, I think that's fine. I, well, basically what happened there was, you know, there were three first, there were three consensus guys that were going in the first round in this draft. It was Corey Davis, uh, Mike Williams, and John Brown, right, from Washington? John Ross. John Ross. John Ross. Yeah. Oh, yeah. John Ross. Um, and, and I think, you know, John Robinson looked at the, at the landscape and realized that he wasn't going to be able to get any of those three guys at 18. And so he went ahead and took Corey Davis at five. Um, you know, Mike Williams has had, a, has had a big game or two, but I don't think, you know, it, it's really a, a big disappointment at this point that we have Davis instead of Mike Williams. So, I mean, from that standpoint, they had to get a receiver. It makes sense. You know, some people are down on him because he's not a top five receiver and he's a top five pick. But I don't necessarily think that's really how you should look at it. The Corey Davis discussion, for me, goes back to Jamal Adams and Marshawn Lattimore, uh, who the Titans were heavily involved with. You know, all the mocks had uh, 
basically Jamal Adams or, or Marshawn Lattimore uh, back in 2017. Uh, if you remember right, Corey Davis was you know on, on the fringe first round by by the end of April. Uh, so you look at what Jamal Adams has done. He, he's awesome. He's a Pro Bowl safety. Uh, you look at what Marshawn Lattimore has done. He looks like he's he's one of the next great corners in the league. Uh, that's not to say that they should have taken one or the other. You know, like Jimmy just laid out, all the receivers were going to be gone. And John Robinson basically said that. So I don't have a problem with getting your top-ranked guy there at five. Is it a little rich? Yeah, it, it probably is. But the Titans had such a need there. I still don't have a problem with it. And, and look – his his best days are ahead of him. I mean, you look at what he's played in. Uh, you know, missed all of training camp, dealt with the hamstring injury in his rookie year. Uh, you know, played in, in offenses with with a banged up Marcus Mariota. Uh, played with Blaine Gabbert. I, I just don't think this offense has has really been um, uh, tailored to to put up big numbers for for a receiver. I think he took big steps forward this year. I think he can take more steps forward next year. Um, let, let's just hope Marcus Mariota is healthy, uh, and, and this new offense, you know, keeps keeps the continuity around both of them, so they don't have to restart from ground zero. Yeah, and, and then just to finish up on Adoree, I mean, I think the biggest surprise on him has been how bad he's been as a punt returner. Um, you know, we talked a lot about that about how you thought he'd be able to make an immediate impact in that way, but he struggled there and has been pretty good as a corner. So, I mean, I, you know, that was that was a pretty good pick. It looks like at this point. The Titans did not have a second-round pick. They had two third-round picks. It took Taewon Taylor at 72 and Jonu Smith at 100. Um, I, I'm kind of out on Taylor. I, I need to see something from him, uh, consistency, some kind of consistent, like being able to get down the field and do some things at this point. I, I don't know. I've, I've just seen too many kind of red flag-type deals from him. So we'll see if he can bounce back, offense, all that kind of stuff. Johnny was really coming on at the end of the year. Uh, it, it really, it really stinks that he had the the knee injury that, that kept him out for the last you know quarter of the season. But I, I think that you at least saw enough promise in him last year that he's a guy that they can that they can lean on as a number two behind Delaney Walker at least for 2019, and then kind of see where it goes from there. But I mean, I, I think that I think that was a pretty good value pick. If, if he kind of continues on that same track that he was on before he got hurt. Yeah, and I, I'm not as out on you as you are on, on Taylor. I'm still kind of in. I, I just think he is what he is, uh, and that's an occasional down-the-field down threat, uh, a guy that you can get the ball out to, and he can he can try and make something. I don't know that he's ever going to be a, a complete receiver. I don't think he's going to ever be a, a, a number two receiver. Maybe he can be a consistent guy that, that works out of the slot, uh, I, I don't think he's lived up to to draft position at all. Um, and like you were saying with Johnny Smith, he, he was coming on. Uh, the athletic ability is clearly there. You saw that against Dallas when, when he caught the ball and ran for a touchdown. Um, interested to see if he can take the next step. You know, we've talked a lot about adding a tight end, and I, I think people are forgetting that John U. Smith was finally starting to gain some traction in the offense there. So uh, I think it's a big camp for him, especially with Delaney Walker coming off of injury. Uh, Delaney's, you know, getting up there in age, so uh, you want to see John U. start to take those next steps forward uh, and see if he can eventually grow into a tight end one. Absolutely, and then in the fifth round, they got Jayon Brown. It looks like the still the draft at this point. He really, really came on in 2018. Um, you know, it looks like a piece they can really build around. So uh, yeah, not a whole lot to say. A guy that's been a really good player for them, took that big you know leap from year one to year two, being more than just a guy that they had on the field on third downs. 
And so if you can find, a, you know, a linebacker that can play two or maybe even three downs in the fifth round, that's a really good pick. Yeah, just took a guy based on traits, you know, that had a lot of speed, uh, going to be a coverage linebacker, basically a third-down player only uh, when, when he was selected. And, man, has he grown into to something more. So it looks like John Robinson picked up uh, a potential all-pro type player um, in, in the fifth round, which, you know, you do that in back-to-back years with Kevin Byard, now Jay on Brown. That's how you really start to build a roster. Yeah, and then they ended the draft out. They took Corey Levin in the sixth round, and then the seventh round that Terry saw his nightmares about because of all the trades that John <laughs> Robinson did when he was trying to write it for uh, Mean City Miracles. They got Josh Carraway, Brad Seaton, Kalfani Muhammad. Muhammad, he didn't even make the roster out of that first camp, I don't think. Um, the other two guys are, are long gone. Uh, you know, Levin's a guy they, they plugged in a couple times last year, played a little bit. Uh, but, you know, I mean, for a guy that's a six-round pick, I guess he's fine. Uh, you know, not not a guy that they expect to be, you know, somebody they're going to build their offensive line around. But, again, if you get a guy in a six-round pick that can play for you in a pinch, that's a, that's a pretty good pick. Yeah, Levin's another guy with traits. You know, he's pretty athletic, playing left tackle at Chattanooga. Uh, hadn't really worked out, but, you know, that's what you do in seventh round. You just kind of draft a guy on, on athleticism alone. Maybe he hasn't been in the right scheme or, or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I still think he's going to get another ch- another chance in camp. Um, we'll see what happens with Ben Jones. Uh, as for the rest of them, yeah, I mean, Josh Carraway gave some, some decent reps in, in preseason, never really stuck around. Brad Seaton, uh, I don't I don't even remember seeing him take the field. And, and Muhammad, you know, they, they spent that last pick on. I, I think he got one or two carries in preseason, but, man, he, he couldn't even find the field in the fourth quarter of those preseason games. So uh, not a lot to write home about in that seventh round for sure. Yeah, so I mean, I, you know, when evaluating this one, I think the two thousand the free agency class was kind of whatever. Logan Ryan, obviously good. They they didn't get much beside that that year, and, and I think there's just there's still a lot of potential for this draft class. When we think about, it. we haven't seen the best Corey Davis yet. Maybe even the same can be said for Dory Jackson. You got Taewon and Johnu guys that still you know maybe have ceilings that they haven't reached yet. So. Um, you know, again, it, it gets a little bit tougher as you try to evaluate draft classes the closer you get because, um, you know, you just you got to see them on the field. And so uh, there's not, not a lot negative here, really. I think this was probably better than, than the draft before that, uh, just like we talked about yesterday with very second-round picks and how they didn't get a lot done there. Um, but, again, you know, John Robinson has, has done some really good things. I don't think he had really big misses here. So I, I think it's more just some other needs that they – haven't necessarily filled that it that have come up to bite them not necessarily things they did wrong here so anyway that'll do it for today uh we will be back either tomorrow or thursday we'll do a voicemail show um at some point we can talk a little bit about the 2018 offseason and we can talk a little bit about free agency the draft and that kind of stuff but um it, it's really hard to evaluate those guys just because you you've just seen one year out of them but after we do that then we'll kind of wrap it up with with kind of our, our just overall thoughts of what John Robinson has done here in his time as the GM. Uh, between now and then, you can look for us at MutantCityMiracles.com. Find us there. Follow us on Twitter, at JMorrisMCM, at TLambertRTT. Again, you can call in, leave us a voicemail. Um, if you want to do that, we will get that show going later on this week, 615-787-8762. Uh, leave us a voicemail about a minute there, and we'll get to you later on in the show. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again.